Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. This holiday season is kind of approaching. Just keep one name in mind, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. GarzaLaw.com is the website. The phone number is 865-540-8300. Some of East Tennessee's premier criminal defense, DUI defense, and personal injury lawyers. Marcos has been sponsoring the podcast for over a year. He's the man. He's the man. If you need a lawyer, keep one name in mind. Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza. All right, let's say the beginning of the show starts now. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight unanswered points when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, October 10th. Sorry about taking a week off on the bye week. We could not line up our schedules. Uh, we had some changes going on at the studio, at the, at the radio station, and this is where I record the podcast for now. And we just couldn't get in at the right time, and we couldn't make it happen. So apologies to us. But I will pump out a couple more podcasts a week for at least the patrons. Um, I'm going to start doing maybe a gambling podcast with uh, Will Warren. He's been doing his best bets. And, man, those things have been rolling. Those things have been rolling. I think last week he might have only went two and three, but I know going into the week he was 17 and six through like the first five weeks. And he might have gone three and two last week. I don't know. I know he at least went two and two, had some bad luck with Kentucky uh, getting five points. It looked like a good bet for a lot of the night and, uh, you know, didn't cover. But either way, I'm going to start trying to put out some more at least uh, exclusive content. We got to keep the patrons happy. Got to keep the patrons happy for sure. Because we love them. We love the patrons. I love Seth Hughes. It's good to hear your voice. Before we get started, I will say apologies for uh, the iTunes feed. Uh, It going out was, I guess, technically my fault, but it was really kind of out of my hands. But the new one is up and rolling. So if you want to go to iTunes, I haven't got it submitted to Stitcher yet, but uh, for iTunes users, just go to iTunes, search Reed's Ranch. Um, There might be two there. Unsubscribe from the one you're subscribed to. And subscribe to the new one. It should only have like four episodes. It should be pretty easy to figure out which is which. So go subscribe. Leave us five stars if you love us. Leave us five stars if you hate us. All right. With that being said, Seth Hughes, first of all, how are you? Thank you for joining me. I'm good, John. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Um, Just just okay? Yeah, just okay. Okay. Is everything all right? Yeah, no, everything's fine. We're just at the weird point where I'm pretty much just living my life waiting for more football. This happens to me every fall. Like, I don't like this quality about me, but it's just kind of how it is in my mind. All throughout the week, I'm just waiting for more football. Like, on Monday, I'm waiting for Monday night football. On Tuesday, I start waiting for Thursday night football. It just Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. And heading into this weekend, I'm actually pretty excited for this Tennessee-Auburn game. I am too, actually. Are you regretting selling your tickets? Have you broke down and bought one so you can go? Tell the truth. It sounds like you have bought another ticket to go. No, I haven't. I was actually given a ticket um, by one of my best friends who has two season tickets. And so I was going to get the other one. And then in the ho- on the way back to the hotel after the Florida game, I texted him and was like, just give it to somebody who's an Auburn fan, and now he's not even going because he didn't want to go to an 11 a.m. kick for a, for a really bad Auburn team. Cause okay, they, uh, there's a little breaking news. Seth Hughes' best friend, who is an Auburn fan, does not want to go to the game. Yeah, he, he's pretty fed up with them. And, I mean, I don't know how much of Auburn you've watched. 
Uh, no, I haven't watched much. I watched them against Washington get lucky. It felt like Washington was the better team there. It felt like Washington constantly had the ball inside like Auburn's 20, but just kept fucking up. Every time I'd look <laughs> up, they would fumble, miss a field goal, do something stupid, and it seemed like Auburn kind of got lucky to win that game. I don't know if you remember the podcast we did when we talked about best-case scenarios for Tennessee's season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I uh, a part of the best-case scenario was Auburn kind of has a season from hell. And, mm-hmm. you know, aside from beating Washington, they're kind of having it. Yeah. Like, I, I have watched their last two games. I watched them play Southern Miss with the aforementioned friend, and then I watched last week's game against Mississippi State. Every uh, time I turned on that Mississippi State game, Mississippi State had the ball. Like, I was flipping them around back and forth, so admittedly I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch very much of it. I just kind of kept checking in on the score and watching a little bit. And every time I looked, Mississippi State had the ball. I mean. And then, of course, I saw the highlights where Stidham missed a wide-open trick play for a touchdown. And then I saw, oh, boy, fumble heading into the in, into the goal line for a touchdown. Yeah. That was like when it was truly over, I thought, because like Auburn was down enough at that point that they couldn't be giving up touchdowns like that. Right. Um, but Nick Fitzgerald had 69 yards passing. I mean, Auburn looked terrible. I'm not saying that we're going to win, okay? But I've watched their past two games. They look awful. They look terrible against Southern Miss, and you were just kind of like, well, you know, it's a it's a 11 a.m. kick against a non-conference opponent coming off a loss to, all, to LSU. You know, a lot of teams will look bad. And then last week, they looked like they were they were developmentally de- developmentally challenged. I mean, they their offensive line is terrible. They don't have a running back. Stidham doesn't even look close to what he was. Um, and then we saw that this week that, like, there's about to be, like, a team-wide mutiny, or at least a defense-wide mutiny. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, the, the report that came from Brandon Marcello, which I guess is their uh, 247 mod. Yeah. And he's basically talking about how the defensive players hate the offensive players, uh, especially Jarrett Stidham, who was apparently – skipping around smiling after losing to Mississippi State, which pissed off some players and pissed off uh, some players' parents. Yeah, I mean, their defense is awesome, and their defense looks good. And they ought to be furious. They They have a very, very good front seven on defense. I mean, but... It's just like Gus Malzahn gets in this 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 thing where like every like third or fourth year he'll win the West and like but in between those years you're just gonna have to put up with him being autistic and doing stupid stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with being autistic. Like he he has the stroke of genius and I don't want to discount that. Have you ever seen the movie Mercury is Rising? I have not. Or Mercury no. Rising. Mm-mm. That was my first. Uh, that was my first encounter with autism. Mm-hmm. This came out in 1998. It had Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Of course, Bruce Willis is one of the first actors as a kid that I remember. You know what I mean? Like you, for me, mm-hmm. it was like Bruce Willis and like Mel Gibson, and then like Jim Carrey and Adam Sandler. Those were like the first four actors that I you know like could tell apart in different movies. You know what I mean? Like those were movie stars to me. And either way, uh, Mercury Rising is about an autistic boy who has, like, the codes to, like, missiles or something. He's, like, a genius, much like Gus Malzahn. But they're wanting to come kill him because he has cracked a top-secret government code. And I guess instead of just saying, hey, you know, this kid's not going to do anything with it, they're like, hey, we better come kill this guy, and Bruce Willis has to protect him. I don't know why I'm telling you about Mercury Rising, the because that's what movie. that's what Reed's Ranch is about. Where we talk about a lot of topics. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just thinking autism. That's where I that's where I go to. I go to uh, I go to Mercury is Rising. Well, there you go. 
I mean. And that was your 1998, uh, your movie from 1998. 20 years ago, that movie came out, and I watched it for some reason as like a 10-year-old boy. But, as you can see, there are some parallels between this kid and Gus Malzahn. Like, Gus Malzahn is going to have a year where, like, last year where they shouldn't win the West or whatever, and they do. Yeah. And, like, then he's going to have some years, like, where they lose to several teams they shouldn't. Like, how do you not have a running back at Auburn? Well... Of course, Carryon Johnson went pro, and didn't Petaway go pro? Like, kind of dumb. Like, didn't he? Like, I, yeah, his baby mama made him go pro, from what I remember. And he wasn't ready, and he went undrafted. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, guess that's like, kind of why he's playing apparently with the uh, Columbus Lions. Oh God, mm, that is sad. That is sad, dude. That is actually very sad. He got waived by the Vikings. In May and February, an AFC scout says he is a mess. And in July, he signed with the Columbus Lions. Oh, God. Bad decision, bro. He is playing arena football, and I thought arena football was dead. I thought there were – aren't there like four teams left in the arena football league? I think it's something like that. It's pretty sad what's happened. I know like a like two and seven team or whatever made the championship because – you know, all four teams obviously made the playoffs. There's four teams, yeah. I mean, it's really sad. Like, yeah. Like, that used to be a, a pretty thriving league. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching it. I used to kind of like it when I was a kid. I, I mean, I was I younger. It. I mean, I loved it. I like I, It was fun, you know? I mean, obviously, it is what it is. You know, it's not the NFL, but it was thriving. And I don't really know what happened. I don't know if just the NFL just chokes everybody out. Um, but, yeah, it's down to four teams, apparently. That's really sad. Maybe I'm not the best uh, judge of taste as a kid because along with Mercury Rising, I watched arena football and I used to love the Friday night monster truck, PBR, and roller derby trifecta on Friday nights. So you remember, I'm glad you remember when we were kids when roller derby made a comeback. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, I do remember it. And I used to have a favorite team, and I would watch every Friday. And then I really started noticing that it just became professional wrestling. And it made me mad even though I loved professional wrestling, I, I thought roller derby was a real sport. Like, I, I wanted to watch these guys compete and try to skate really fast because around that time, I loved going to the skating rink. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. thought maybe, just maybe, I could have been a professional roller derby player. I wanted to slingshot people around and be like the enforcer that wouldn't let you pass. So, not to even make this sadder, but Cameron Petway is not even playing in the Arena Football League. He got cut he get cut he from is, them too? He is playing in the National Arena League. Okay, okay. Yeah, I saw that, and I wasn't sure if it was the same thing or not. It no. apparently has six teams. It has six teams. Why don't they just combine? What are they doing? I, I don't know. Can they not afford to travel? Probably not. Oh, man. Well, that kind of tells you why they don't have a running back. One yeah. guy went pro, and one went to play in the Junior League of Arena Football. Yeah, I just it's weird that they didn't have anybody waiting in the wings though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I got, like they don't even have a guy as good as Ty, Ty Chandler. No, it doesn't seem that way, right? Like even anywhere close. Like, and I, I know we lost and we hadn't talked since, but like the touchdown that Chandler had, that cut he made was like elite. Yeah, it was a big I'm, time SEC cut. It was a big-time SEC cut, and he ran away from Georgia. That's what I was going to say is after that cut, I still expected him to get tackled like in the middle of the field around the 10-yard line or so, uh, but he did not. He hit, no, he, the, he, he hit the burners. And, you know, coming out of that Georgia game, that was kind of my big takeaway was like, hey, can we quit with this four running back bullshit? Like, can we just give Ty Chandler 15, 20 touches? Mm-hmm. Like, Jeremy Banks is cool, whatever. Uh, he can't hold on to the ball. Like, I don't need to see him anymore this year. Like, 
make his ass learn how to hold on to the ball. I mean, I know that, like, our, our fan base ate up Jeremy Banks because, like, he talked trash or whatever. Yeah. But, like, he, no offense to the guy. He's just a true freshman. He doesn't need to be playing. And I think we can say that Ty Chandler needs to get 65 to 70% of the carries. Yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about that. I, I know I said 15 or 20, but yeah, like that should be 65 percent of the touch. That should be 65 percent of the touches. Like, like all that needs to be said about Ty Chandler is that one play against Georgia where he ran away from their defense. Like, I I have no problems with Jordan getting a lot of playing time, mm-hmm. but like Chandler needs to be the guy. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, I, I think that's kind of obvious now to everybody, right? I would think so, yeah. One would one would think that these coaches are smart enough to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that, like, and I, again, I know we haven't talked, um, but I felt coming out of that Georgia game, like, decent. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not expect to be sitting here talking about the Auburn game, like, and actually caring about it. Yes, correct. Like, actually actually, felt- actually feeling like Tennessee sort of kind of has a chance to be in this game in the fourth quarter, right? Like well, That's what I've been telling people all week. I told my dad that yesterday. This will – I expect it to be a game in the fourth quarter Saturday. Now, uh, who knows what can happen, but that's all you can ask for. Sure. That's all – like – if we I get to the fourth quarter Saturday with a chance to win, and then, you know what, we'll go from there. Like, let's let's see what happens after that. But I expect Saturday to be a game in the fourth quarter. And like, the way we played against Georgia made me think like I'm excited about the South Carolina game again. Yeah, I mean that that also helps that South Carolina fucking sucks. Like that also yeah. helps that like they are pretty average. Um, would you go as far to say that you will be disappointed if Tennessee does not beat Auburn or South Carolina? Oof. Like, I is it fair? To, is it fair to say you'd be disappointed? I don't know. I would like to see Tennessee. I mean, it's tough to say this now because we're playing Auburn Saturday. Like, if if Tennessee had put together another game like they did against Georgia, like if Tennessee played against not a top five team like they did against Georgia, in every fumble didn't bounce into Georgia's hands. Right. Tennessee's beating a lot of teams um, 10 days ago. Like, we all know about the touchdown. The, probably the, show me another time where a guy's given up a sack and scored a touchdown on the same play. But also, Justin Fields fumbling and it bouncing right back into his hands. It's like, you know, the, the ball just bounced into George's hands like it was a basketball. And if, like, that stuff doesn't happen, like, Tennessee's going to beat a lot of teams if they play like that. For the most part, fumbles should be close to 50%, right? And Georgia uh, recovered all five. I mean, what, like, what else is there to say besides that? It was laughable. Like, the touchdown that Nauta scored was laughable. Now, I will say that it was probably karma – coming back from the Virginia Tech game when there were six fumbles and we recovered them all. Yeah. Right? Like that same thing happened in our favor, even yeah. against, even against, you know, Appalachian State. So, like, yeah, I guess it was karma coming back around. But, yeah, you got absolutely screwed yeah, on I mean, the fumbles. It's just like the, the Fields one was particularly gutting to me, I feel like. Because it was a, it was a – 12-point game at that point, right? Like, yeah, and, like, we hit, we were starting to, like, all this, like, I will say this, and I know, I know we're all tired of saying this after the past 10 years. It was, I was happy to see that they didn't quit. Like, I think this is a team that's going to play hard all 12 games. Like, Garantano seems to be a pretty good leader. Yeah, I will say that the defense kind of seemed like it had quit from the end of the first half to the first drive of the second half. And then Garantano led them down for that touchdown. He hit that deep bomb. And then the defense had more pep in the step. But if you go back and watch those two touchdowns, you know, like I said, before half and right out of half, 
Uh, Nigel yeah. Warrior and a couple other players on defense were not really interested in tackling. Warrior loafed on that one touchdown real bad. Two of them, I think. I think he did okay. it on the same thing on the on the field touchdown to open the second half. And then, like, obviously they had that extra point where they just stand there and bobble the snap and then kick it, you know, a foot above the ground. Yeah. And, like, no one was really rushing. It seems like they were kind of ready to give up, but then the offense kind of finally showed up, so you're like, okay, we'll keep trying. Yeah. That's the way it seemed to me, at least. Yeah. That's a fair. That's a fair. What are you doing right now? I'm filing my fingernails. You're doing what? I'm filing my fingernails. Filing your fingernails? Yeah. My fingernails get all messed up because I pick at them nonstop, so I got to file them to keep them looking nice. Anyway, so what are your predictions for Saturday? Well, I'm looking right now. Tennessee's 15.5-point dogs. So what did it start out at, 18.5? I never saw it at 20. I know, like, one website put it up as, as like, 20.5. But by the time I saw it, it was 18. And then very quickly down to 16.5. And And now, right now, it's at 15.5. So, like, apparently the original number is 20.5. And uh, last I checked, you know, 76% of the money was in on Tennessee. Auburn Auburn hasn't been good against the spread in a while. Like, uh, especially at home. I believe Gus has eight, eighteen, and one since the national championship run, where they lost to Florida State. Wow. Yeah, like it's uh, it's not good. Yeah, I, I feel like okay. And so maybe that maybe that was his favorites. I keep I keep fucking up that stat on the radio. I said it, and I was like, well, that doesn't add up to five years of football. I was like, well, it must be conference games. And then I was like, well, it might be home games. But I'm 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 eighty percent sure it's as favorites. Let me check though. Damn it, I keep fucking up the stat. But go ahead, keep talking. Like, I, I, all I was going to say was that, like, I'm excited for this game Saturday, and I didn't expect to be. Yeah. And, like, I know it sounds bad, but that almost feels like an accomplishment in and of itself. That what? Sorry, say that again. It feels That feels like an accomplishment in and of itself what that would we be? are, that we're excited for this game Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sad to say, but I... It's sad to say, but, like, I did not expect to be looking forward to this game, and I am. And, like, I'm not... I mean, I, we might get drilled. I don't know. I'm just... I'm excited for it, and that's a good thing. Maybe we shouldn't be. Maybe we should just go into this the same way we went into the Georgia game with pretty much no expectations. And we didn't get hurt, and we were like, you know what? That was okay. You're probably right, yeah. Because I am at the point, like I said, and by the way, it's 8-18-1 against the spread as home favorites. So I was kind of close both times. Home favorites, 8-18 and against the spread. Okay. I, I am going to be disappointed if we do not beat one of Auburn or South Carolina. And I'll just go out and say it. It doesn't fucking help that Florida is hovering around top ten in the country. I mean, that was the like that was the most predictable thing. Like I told, I, I told Luke after the game. I said, like this this UT t- game is going to springboard them into having a better season than they ought to. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, of course, of course. You know, like Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham has a lockdown defense at Florida. Yeah, and he's blitzing, and he's being aggressive, and he's getting shit done. And he was terrible at Georgia. You know, people hate him, and he goes to Florida. And, of course, he's good at Florida, because why not? Why not? Although, does it make you feel better about us laying an egg against them? Because, I mean, like... uh... If we don't have so many turnovers, maybe that game is close or winnable. No, not really. I mean. No? Okay. Well, maybe. I have tried not to think about that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, because Florida isn't shitty. Like, it's not going to be, like, it's not like we're going to lose to a 4-8 and Florida team or a 5-7 and Florida team. Like, they're probably going to go 9-3. and And we'll probably say, you know what, that's a pretty good team. And Franks isn't awful. And, and you and me were a part of the group, the select few, who were like, hey, we're not ready to make fun of Dan Mullen yet. Like, I do think they're well coached. Yeah. 
So, like, I mean, like, I, I thought Tennessee played well against Florida except the turnovers, which yeah. obviously, you know, you didn't play well if you turned the ball over. I get it, you fucking idiots. I'm saying except the turnovers. But, I mean, between that Florida game and us kind of sort of being able to move the ball a little bit at least and, you know, not get destroyed on defense and the second half of the Georgia game, like, I'm feeling a little bit better. A little bit. Like, I, I, okay, I've said this to Luke and my dad a lot. Like, I expect the second half of next season our defense is going to be really good. I expect all – you said the second half of next season? I'm saying like a year from now I think our defense will be really good. I think this will be really good heading into next season. Okay. They might be. Um, I, I, I really – They have to get – I don't – did you see the pro football focus numbers? Yeah, it's sad. Like, you, you can't overstate how awful – Darren Kirkland Jr. has been, and that kind of jumped out against Georgia. But man, he looked rough. You know what I mean? Like he he looked mm-hmm. he he looked slow, and then the numbers are backing it up, saying yeah, he is kind of slow right now and out of position. So like, I do think if Tennessee can get a couple good linebackers in here, this defense will look a whole hell of a lot better. Yeah, like I, I first noticed Kirkland, and like I, I'm not as good at analyzing football as like you are, but like I first noticed Kirkland on that interception return for a touchdown that he had when like I was just like man he looks slow yeah and it, it's like it makes me sad and like seeing like those that those PFF numbers like it makes me sad man it makes me sad and yeah like I don't want to put him down like he's battled a bunch of injuries like and quite frankly that might be why he kind of wanted to transfer maybe he knew he couldn't play SEC football you know what I mean he did try to leave maybe he maybe he knew like hey this is not gonna go well for me yeah I mean it's sad like it's it sucks man it sucks to see him like one thing that's amazing is that like shot total is still good yeah, shot title still good, still good at football. Like that's amazing. Um, it just really sucks for Darren Kirkland. By all accounts, a great guy. Quick timeout to tell you about another one of our sponsors, Premier Construction and Restoration. Brad Richardson is based out of Kingston. Does a great job. Serves the surrounding counties: Roan, Morgan, Anderson, Loudon, Knox, McMahon, Monroe. Whatever you need. Call my friend Brad Richardson, Premier Construction and Restoration. You can like them on Facebook or contact Brad, bradr.premierconstruction at gmail.com or call him at 423-404-3255. That's down in my area. Shout out. 423-404-3255. Brad's a local general contractor, licensed and insured. Uh, Complete bath and kitchen remodels, decks, siding, windows, and doors. All renovations, spec homes, custom homes. If you need work on your home or if you want to build a new home, Brad Richardson at Premier Construction and Restoration. Appreciate him for his support both on the podcast, on the bar tab that we had at Leaderboard, on the fantasy prizes that I'm trying to put together, as well as the Madden League. Appreciate Brad. All right, let's get back. All right, so we've talked about the defense uh, offense, you feeling any type of way about Tennessee's game plan? Uh, one of our one of our listeners, Jackie Jackie Clollers, uh, good guy. Love Jackie. He's yeah, a good guy. he's a good attorney. Yeah, he, he's a great attorney, actually. His his idea was we want some Jawan Jennings in the Wildcat. I saw him. I saw him say that because I saw. I think I saw you quote tweet it. Or yeah, maybe I just saw him tweet it. At no, you. no I, well, yeah, either way, either way, I did quote. That's tweet like, it. That was like a really good idea. I liked it. That's how they beat. That's how Mississippi State beat Auburn. Yeah, like you, you said, Nick Fitzgerald threw for a a not very nice sixty nine yards, and had like two hundred yards rushing. Yeah, but he ran. I was gonna say, but he ran for like two hundred, and Mississippi State had, you know, tree fifty on the ground. So I don't think you want to run Garantano very much. I don't think Garantano would be as effective. But if you can get some wildcat looks, you know, Juwan Jennings was a four star quarterback. Like he has thrown a couple of touchdown passes at Tennessee, albeit. You know, the short Texas A&M pass and the reverse to Josh Dobbs where Dobbs outran everybody and ran through people against Florida. But he can still throw the ball. Yeah, but he can throw. Like, you, you you just need him to throw, like, 10, 15 yards. 
Hey, I, I would imagine Jawan Jennings can still hit a slant in one-on-one coverage. I'd imagine he could do that. Oh, for sure. Like, the, the, like going back to that Mississippi State game, like they ran Fitzgerald so much that I was just like, what are they doing? Like, Pruitt even said that in his in his press conference this week. He was like, if you run a quarterback that much, he's going to get injured. Like, Fitzgerald was taking some hits. I guess I guess their coach was just determined to win an SEC football game. Yeah, he he he, need, he needed he needed a big win. He needed because, that win. Like, they're at LSU the, this weekend. They have A and M at home next. Like, he needed a win bad. They're at LSU next weekend, I believe. LSU is playing Georgia. Right, they're off this weekend. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. Um, yeah, I think he was just like, hey, we got to go ahead and get this Auburn team. Yeah. We got to get a big home win. Like, Whatever it takes. If our quarterback dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. But we're going to get this W at home against Auburn, against the top 10 team. And they got it. And Nick Fitzgerald's brain is probably now like the oatmeal I make myself in the mornings, but they got that W. I don't know if, like, just a straight wildcat would be good enough. But, like, yeah, if you have somebody can, that can uh, also throw, like, some, some 10, 15-yard pop passes. I love that idea. Now. That's like some old school, like, remember when Arkansas used to do it with, like, Malik Monk? No, I don't necessarily remember that. I remember when they did it with McFadden. I don't remember them doing it with Monk much, but. I'm sorry, I'm sorry it was McFadden to Monk. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, like, they would put McFadden in the wildcat, and he threw touchdowns okay. to Malik Monk. Like, okay. Like, you don't have to be able to throw it good. If you do it enough and it's working, you just have to be able to lob a pass up. I mean, I think I I would trust Jennings to get three or four yards running the ball. He's tough to tackle. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. And I think that that we can do it well enough that a pass could work. Sure. I mean, it would almost be at this point, like, it's such an obvious idea. Okay, it would be a little disappointing now if, like, we didn't do something out of the Wildcat after Auburn just got hammered by it. Yeah, like, I don't want to call it alarming, but it kind of feels like it'd be alarming, right? Yeah, like it. Because I mean, it, it seems like something that's really effective against them. Yeah. So yeah. I would, I would, I would hope that they would look at that and say, "Yeah, we got to do something." Now, maybe if they just run Garantano and he's running well, maybe you don't have to do that. But obviously, like we said, like. I don't think anybody trusts him to be able to run like that. I don't want him to necessarily get the hell beat out of him. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Seth got some um, bad news and good news. Which one do you want? Let's go bad news first. Well, the list of people we love is very short this week, but we still love these guys, including Nathan Hoskins, new patron. Love you, Nathan. And Bobby Hershaw, we'll give him a shout-out. He went from $5 to $10. Love you, Bobby. That's it. Just two. That's hey, it. More than one. It's okay. It's, it's more than one. That's good. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. If you like sports gambling, like I said, we've been giving out some pretty good best bets. Uh, we've been giving out some pretty good best bets. Those have been coming out on Thursdays. Um, and I might try to, like I said, take that into podcast form. If I can't get Will on to kind of talk college – I'll at least come on and give you Will's picks and also uh, talk some a little bit of NFL gambling. So, like, we'll try to start putting out some more content for you guys. All right, Seth, let's get to some patron questions. Before we do, do you have anything else you would like to talk about? No, it's just a pleasure to be here with you, as always. Do you see the Jimmy Butler shit? Oh, yeah, I did see that on my way home um, from the funeral home tonight. Like, was he crying in that interview with Rachel Nichols? I did have not seen the entire interview. I saw a minute and 30 of it where basically he's just saying, like, hey, I let my emotions get the best of me. And he was not crying there. He was, like, kind of smiling. Okay. Yeah, I don't really understand, like, what was the – like, he wanted a trade. Right? He wanted to be traded. Yeah, yeah. And apparently he's asked – apparently he asked to be traded, like, right after the season, like in, you know, May. And Thibodeau just pretty much ignored him. And was like, ah, Jimmy will get over it. And then, you know, like a month ago, they met again. He's like, no, I'm not over it. I want to be traded. And, you know, that's when it went public. And now, you know, that's when it's gotten ugly. And apparently he hates Carl Anthony Towns. And Wiggins hates hates him. And Jimmy Butler might just be an asshole because he kind of did the same thing in Chicago. And he hated the young guys there so much that even, like, Rajon Rondo was like, hey, no, lay off the young guys. You're the asshole. 
and like Rajon Rondo had been the big asshole leading up to that point. So like no one knows what the hell is going on here. Imagine Rajon Rondo, Rajon Rondo having to tell you to cool your jets. Yeah, I mean that's essentially what happened. And this is like Rondo at peak asshole. And even he was like Jimmy Butler, chill out, bro. Like imagine. Rajon Rondo being like, dude, you are too much. Now, like, Jimmy Butler's probably not wrong when he looks at Andrew Wiggins getting all that, that huge contract and, like, man, Andrew Wiggins is a bum. He doesn't deserve that contract. Why are you lowballing me on my extension? Like, I, I sh- you, you should invest in me. I should be the future here in Minnesota, not Andrew Wiggins. And, quite frankly, Carl Anthony Towns doesn't play tough enough on defense. Like, I would understand Jimmy Butler, who came – from the gutter, like Jimmy Butler is someone who grew up dirt poor, was like homeless even like through high school. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, Jimmy Butler like lived in his car like in high school, and you know went to community college and then earned his way to Marquette. Bought out yeah. at Marquette afterwards, and you know was like a late first round draft pick, and then turned himself into like a hundred million dollar man. Like Jimmy Butler probably looks at Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, who are number one picks, who have pretty much had. You know, a lot of things handed to them on God-given talent. Like, they didn't have to really earn that first big extension. Like, Towns pretty much got it just because he's young. And and Towns is good, don't get me wrong, but, like, he's gotten by just kind of on raw talent. And Andrew Wiggins has just kind of gotten by on being Andrew Wiggins. So I understand why. Is Wiggins even any good? No, Andrew Wiggins is not good. Like, I would say he is an average to below average basketball player who gets paid like a cornerstone. Is that not like that to me? Is not surprising whatsoever. Like he, he, he just—you could see it there when he was at Kansas, but like he didn't have that killer instinct. Oh yeah, no. Like, and look, Andrew Wiggins has been like one of the more overrated people from uh, sports ever. Like we did like an overrated list on the radio show, and I like just lumped in that whole draft class. Like, man, the 2014 NBA draft class was supposed to be like league changing. They're supposed to have yeah. so many studs that people were like tanking for. Like people were taking for it like years in advance, trying to get ready. And the top two guys of that draft were Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. But, is that the Bulls now? Yeah, but like, granted, don't get me wrong. Like Embiid's good. Like Embiid is is pretty damn good out of that class. But he was just kind of an afterthought. He just kind of came along late. Yeah. Like, why did? Why did Parker not get signed, re-signed by the Bucks? Eh, he blew his knee out, and he doesn't play defense, and they got Giannis. Like that's pretty much it. Like they they don't need Jabari Parker. Who's Giannis? The Greek. Yeah, the Greek freak. They got they got Giannis Antetokounmpo. They don't need Jabari Parker. Okay. Like I mean, it's pretty much that simple. Like I said, he, he doesn't play defense. He towards ACL. I want to say twice, so he doesn't have the lateral quickness. You know, like he's just he's average, and he wants to get paid like a star and he's just kind of not a star like it's that kind of simple like minnesota like there's also the tom thibodeau stuff and thibodeau's an asshole like it's just a disaster which led to today's practice where apparently jimmy butler took some scrubs from the third string and beat their starters and was talking shit to them as he beat them so that was gonna be my question like how did we go from the how did we get from hey i want to be traded to, hey, I'm going to show up at practice, get the third team, and beat everyone here. Well, we went from, okay, he has to be traded. Andrew Wiggins' brother goes on Instagram and says, hallelujah. Basically like, fuck you, Jimmy Butler, I'm glad you're leaving. Uh, Jimmy Butler saw that, obviously, and clapped back. And then there's a whole, maybe Carl Anthony Towns, uh, his ex-girlfriend, maybe she was having sex with Jimmy Butler. Like I don't know. Like, But there's like animosity between those two. And for the last month, Tom Thibodeau, who is running the Timberwolves as the coach slash GM or president of basketball operations, which is you know is basically the GM, uh, looked around and said, hey, I'm not trading Jimmy Butler for pennies on the dollar. I need a superstar. I need a promising young player and a solid rotation player and a draft pick. And everyone's like, no, Jimmy Butler's a free agent next year. Fuck you. We're not giving you that. So they haven't traded him, and like now he has to kind of show up to practice and start getting paid because the season tips off on Tuesday, and like everyone has been talking shit. So like Jimmy, I guess said we're not going to run together. I'm going to show you up. I don't. I mean, that seems to me like that's how it happened. Okay. So basically, he has to go to work. Yeah, basically, like, hey, you, you got to come to work. Okay. We're paying. Uh, we're paying uh, you. We we would like for you to be here in case we don't trade you. Like, we still kind of need you to play to make the playoffs. 
So does he still want to be traded? Yeah, yeah, he still wants to be traded. Okay. Okay, I was just, I was just curious. I mean, I, I, I hadn't really heard anything since the the whole trade demand thing, and then I, I get on Twitter tonight, and like I was looking at Adrian Wojnarowski's Twitter account. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he showed up to practice, took the third team, and beat the starters, and then walked off the court and left. And I'm like, um, what? Yeah. Yeah, he pretty much punked out uh, Wiggins and Towns, and apparently he was guarding Towns in the post. They dumped the ball down to uh, Towns, and Jimmy Butler's like, you can't do nothing against me. You suck. Like, you can't score on me in the post. And Carl Anthony Towns passed the ball out. So, like, Carl Anthony Towns couldn't score down low. Yeah, like, Carl Anthony Towns might not have that dog in him. Like, it's yet to be seen. Like, he's still a young guy, and, like, Jimmy Butler, like I said, Jimmy Butler is from the gutter. Like, I don't really want to fight Jimmy Butler if I'm Carl Anthony Towns. You know what I mean? Like, there's they're two kind of different men. You know what I mean? Like, they're two different levels. If we're looking for the alpha of the team, like, Jimmy Butler's the alpha. Yeah, for sure. And it's not a good sign that Carl Anthony Towns is, quote, getting bullied and throwing the ball out. You would hope that Carl Anthony Towns would elbow him in the face and try to dunk on him. Like, that's what you would hope. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty weak. Like, um, that's pretty weak. Yeah. I was looking up, I was looking up, um, I was trying to think of the guy that played, for some reason, I don't know why. You, we were talking about the 2014 draft class, and I guess Jalil Okafor was 2015. Yeah, he was the year after. He was with Carl Anthony Towns. And he is now playing for the Pelicans. He is awful. He doesn't play. He is maybe, if not the worst, like the bottom three players in the league. He's got awful. Like, he's terrible. What would have happened if the 76ers, like, drafted a star there? They took him over Chris Tapp's Porzingis. They could have had Porzingis. Mm, then, then maybe they don't get Ben Simmons, so, like, maybe they'll take Embiid and – Maybe they'd rather have Embiid and Simmons than Embiid and Porzingis, but yeah, like. I'm looking at this draft class, that draft class now. It wasn't very good. The 2014 one? Uh, 2015. Oh, yeah, the 2015 one. I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, I'd say Devin Booker, who went 13th. 13th is probably like the second or third best player off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, Willie Cauley-Stein was the number six overall draft pick. Yeah, I mean, he's a backup big man. Like, 2014 class wasn't much better. Like, it's last year's was great. Not the Trey Young one, not this past year, but like 2017. That draft class is really good. There'll be some really good players from that draft class. But yeah, we were on a we were on a kind of a bad stretch. I mean, Frank Kaminsky was the number nine overall draft pick in that class, and he started four games last year for the Hornets. Michael Jordan apparently would not trade, would not accept like four first round draft picks from Danny Ainge. Because Danny Ainge wanted to trade up and trade, like, all of his draft picks to come up and get Justice Winslow. Who, I guess, uh, who went, like, number 10 to the Heat right after that, right? Yeah, yeah. He went He's to, pretty good, right? Uh, no, no, Josh Richardson's better than him. Okay. Like, no, uh, Winslow, I mean, Winslow's still young, but, like, no, he's been a bust. Oh, he only started 25 games last yeah, year. Yeah, no, Rich, Richardson's passed him. Richardson's, uh, Richardson's their premier, like, wing defender Slash, okay. like, three-point shooter. Like, Winslow has been a uh, bust. So, like, Danny Ainge and the Celtics kind of got lucky that, like, Jordan was a dumbass who just wanted a good college basketball player. Yeah. Because they tried to kind of mortgage the future and all of, like, their their recent assets just for Justice Winslow. It's crazy how mm-hmm. that happens. Some of, yeah. God, some, of God's greatest, some of God's greatest gifts were unanswered prayers, you know. That's right. That's right, John. That's right, buddy. All right, let's run through some questions. Let me get down to the bottom. Uh, John Skidmore, will Tennessee football ever make him happy again? Um, yes. Eventually, right? Eventually. Yes. Maybe this weekend. Maybe this weekend. I mean, like sustained happiness, who knows? But eventually you will be happy again, I promise. Like at least for like a week, like eventually. Like yeah. we'll win a big game eventually. Yeah. Like it might be ten years from now, but we'll win S- one. Sustained happiness. Let's 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 cool down. Let's calm yeah. down. Not, we go that not promising you sustained happiness, but you will be happy again at some point. 
Uh, MWL, will Liverpool win, win the Premier League this year? No, it's probably going to be Manchester City. I'm a soccer expert now. Okay. Seth? Yeah, Man City sounds good to me too. STW01, expectations for basketball this year. What's your floor? What's your ceiling? Uh, the floor has to be the Sweet 16. Nothing else but the Sweet 16. Every, anything else without the Sweet 16 is a disappointment. And honestly, if we're going to be preseason top 10 and we don't have a bunch of injuries, we better go past the Sweet 16. Because it's not like we're just preseason top 10. I mean, we're like preseason top five with some people. Well, I mean, I don't think you can call Sweet 16 the floor. I mean, Rick Barnes does lose in like the first weekend of the tournament an awful lot. We better go to at least Sweet 16. But if, if this if this crew, and like, like I said, getting the five-star really changed things because this isn't the, la- the window extended – yeah, um, but man, you would really like to see this this group of players go to the elite eight. Like this group of players deserves to be considered tied for the best Tennessee team of all time in terms of postseason success. I would say the ceiling. I mean, I, I do think. I mean, if you're preseason top five, you could realistically think you could make the final four. Yeah, for sure. We'll see if Tennessee can play defense at the same rate they did last year. You would think they would be able to since pretty much everyone's coming back. You would think the defense is still elite. Will Tennessee have enough outside shooting? That will kind of be the question. Uh, Bryce asks, if Seth could pick four other people to help him bring down the deep state, who would they be and why? Can be anyone. Um, Alex Jones, obviously. Uh, Pat Buchanan. Man who ran for president in the early 1990s, um, Donald Trump, obviously, and my fourth would be um, hmm. you know I really like I, I'm gonna go we're gonna go with Brett Kavanaugh as my fourth because I like I like the cut of that man's jib I like the fact that that man took all all this crap. From the media for ten days, and he stood strong, and he would he wouldn't withdraw his nomination. He's got the intestinal fortitude I look for. Would be my four. Burns asked, "Are you opposed to our football players using HGH?" Uh, no, I guess not. I don't. It's illegal. I mean, I would rather them not. I guess they're going to get in trouble. But, I mean, at this point, if it's going to take cheating to win, then by all means, I mean, let uh, us cheat. You get suspended for, what, a year? That's it. And that's what happened to Will Greer, right? He got suspended for a whole year? Yeah. Let him cheat. What if the whole team got caught? <laughs> what if you had to sit out an entire year? I mean, it's not a good idea. I mean, like, I'm morally okay with it. I don't think it's the best strategy. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's not the best. I'd rather us just be good like, and get good players. Like, if you're asking if I'm morally okay with us cheating to win, I'll say yeah. But, like, if, if everyone gets caught and you just sit out a whole year, that seems dumb. Uh, Austin asked, highest level of anger you and Seth have ever had during a Tennessee football game? Oh, man. <laughs> man, that's a good question. Anger. Like pure, no throttle anger. Um, yeah, I'm interested to hear your answer. I, I guess mine, mine would be, man, I, mine would be when we didn't go for two against Florida. Like not after we lost to Florida, I was just really dejected. But in that moment when we didn't go for two, for some reason, I completely lost my mind. Like I was so angry that it was just, it was, I could not be consoled. I was irate. That would probably be the angriest I've been in a long time. All-time would be when we lost to Memphis. When we lost to Memphis, I was a six-year-old boy, and I ripped up my Peyton Manning jersey, and I tried to feed it to my horses. I took a knife, I went upstairs, and I got my jersey, and I cut it up, and I tried to take it outside to the farm, outside to the uh, fence, and throw it to the horses and tell them to eat them because I would never root for those losers again. And quite frankly, I wish I would have listened to six-year-old John Reed. Yeah, um... I was 
was exceptionally angry the year we lost to Florida ten to nine. That one, I, that one didn't do it for me. I remember I, I didn't go to it, so maybe that was different. I remember just being at home and I just sat there and laughed. I just laughed. I was just like, it kind of in shock, maybe losing my mind. But I just remember thinking it was so funny that we had found a way to lose that game. Yeah. That's a good question. I'm going to think more about that, like uh, the angriest moments I've had. I remember, I also remember being disgusted at halftime of the Oklahoma game because I knew. I knew, like deep in my bones, I knew what was about to happen because I just knew that we didn't, we did not step on the throat. And like that halftime, I just walked by myself through the concourse. And I just knew, I knew, like we we didn't we didn't put the foot on the throat. All of all eleven says, does Seth know who Stevie Nicks is? Yes, it's it's directed towards me on the radio show. Oh. Cody's a big time rock and roll fan, and he was talking about Stevie Nicks, and I said, what's he saying? Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. But it was She's a, beautiful. It was a joke. I know who Stevie Nicks is. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Never mind. It was a joke. I was just trying to make Cody mad. And people, you know, I do it so good. I'm such a good actor. People thought I was being serious. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I mean. I expected you to know who Stevie Nicks is because you're an educated man. Yeah, I mean. Plus, she used to bang Tom Petty, the greatest American rocker of all time. Uh, Habib's McGregor, too. Did you, did you see any of that UFC stuff? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like. Okay, so this is the dude that Conor McGregor threw a chair at in the bus, right? Or yeah, like, yeah. Well, the dude is like, I looked up this dude before the fight. Before any of this happened, I looked up the dude, okay? He is a devout Sunni Muslim from an area that is, um, we'll say, pretty radicalized. And he wrestled a bear at the age of nine. <laughs> so... He's like from an area in Russia where like they breed wrestlers. Like that's what they do. That's what you do if you're from from Dagestan or however you say it. Like nothing about it surprises me. Like Conor McGregor tried to like hurt him earlier this year. Like yeah, no. Like I, I thought I thought Habib, and apparently I've been calling him Cubby, but the K is a silent. It's just Habib. Um. I think it just basically boils down to Habib wasn't with the fight promotion shit. Like, Habib took his getting his religion made fun of uh, pretty seriously. I think Habib took Conor McGregor uh, calling his manager a terrorist and linking him to 9-11. I think they took that seriously. Did you Okay, s- oh, oh, okay. Are we not to the point yet after the last 20 years? Have we not realized the stupidity of making fun of Muslims? <laughs> like, did Charlie Hebdo, did that not teach y'all anything? <sighs> like, these people cannot take a joke. I mean, look at it, joke or not, like, I mean, like. You ought not insult a man's religion. Like, I mean, did you hear McGregor link him to 9-11? No, but I'm not surprised McGregor is, is white trash. But like, why well, I, I don't. I don't necessarily think McGregor's white trash. I just think McGregor wants to sell fights and wants to say as funny of things as he thinks he can think of. Like, but like he talked about Habib's manager and was like, "Hey, um, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Uh, your manager's a fucking snitch. Your manager got pu- uh, got taken off a of flight." On September 11th, 2001, leaving from Cairo, Egypt, heading to New York City with five passports. And he became a snitch and told on the people he was working with. And basically went on to say, like, he shouldn't be in the fucking country and that, you know, basically he's a snitch, he's a rat, he's an informant, and basically linked him to terrorism, which I don't know if any of that stuff's true. Like, I I don't, if it is, like, it's obviously shitty and, like, that guy's a terrible person, but, like, Connor put that on blast at a press conference. And, you know, like I said, you know, Habib is, like you said, uh, a radical Muslim, or he's a devout Muslim too. Like, and McGregor keeps asking him, do you want to take shots of whiskey with me? And he's like, no, I don't drink. Get that away from me. 
So, like, I mean, it was just, it, it was very, you know, obviously to sell the fight, Connor was trying to make him as mad and be as disrespectful and funny as he could. And Habib was like, I'm going to beat your ass. Like, even after he choked him out, it looked like he tried to spit on him. Like, after he choked him out. Like, he, he was not satisfied with choking Connor out. Then he went to just beat up everybody in his crew. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. You ought not make fun of some man's religion to begin with. Like, Conor McGregor, that, that, that's, that's cheap. That, that's, that's messed up, okay? That's messed up, and it's wrong. Second of all, we should know in 2018, after the last two decades, that making fun of Islam to a Muslim is going to provoke a different reaction than if you make fun of the Pope to a Catholic. So Conor McGregor kind of got what he deserved. Because what he did was 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 trash anyway. And then he should just know better. I love Tabib after the fight. Like an hour after the fight basically being like, I don't know why you people are still talking about me jumping out of the cage. He's like, bro, it's like an hour ago. Like He's like, I don't know why you're still talking about this. <laughs> He was like, he insulted my family. He insulted my religion. Why are we not talking about him assaulting my bus? I don't know why you're still talking about me jumping out of the cage. Bro, it was like 45 minutes ago. We're still going to talk about it. Like, he could not understand why we did not uh, see, like, how disrespected he was. Apparently, his manager was an FBI informant. Also, he was a, he was a was snitch. He was in jail. For forgery, and then the FBI viewed him as a asset and convinced him. Uh, Damn! All right. NYPD, so, so he was a he, snitch. He was a he was a federal informant. So he, um, I guess, was trying to help. Supposedly, I mean. I mean, supposedly, yeah. I mean, I guess. Maybe he was a federal informant, like that guy that was driving the limo last weekend and killed twenty people. Oh my god, that was an awful story. And was like, really? He was like. Not a federal informant of any use, but I don't know if he was a good federal. I don't know if this manager was a good federal informant or not. All right, let me blow through this last question, I guess. I got, okay. I got, I got two. Uh, patron Rocket Top Revelator, my guy Sean. Shout out to him. Uh, any chance our Titans go after Le'Veon if Eagles don't land him? No, I don't think there's any chance Titans go after Le'Veon. How about our Titans get a wide receiver? Yeah, can we can we go do that? Can Apparently- we get a wide receiver? We we signed the guy from Bowling Green, not the white guy, but the other guy. Remember they had that other receiver who was pretty good when we played them. I, I don't remember the. I don't remember any of them but the white guy. Well, they had two. It was a uh, Lewis. I want to say like Roger Lewis, maybe. I'm, I'm okay. kind of escaping his name. We we signed him today. I'd like for us to try to maybe trade for like Devontae Parker or Fitzgerald or something. I don't know. Yeah, we need a receiver. Jacob Morgan, what comes first? The Vols making it to the SEC championship game or the Browns make it to the AFC championship game? I'd go with Browns. Well, that's a pretty fucking sad way to end the episode. All right, Seth Hughes, talk to you soon, my friend. Uh, Patrons, keep an eye up for some more content. Like I said, we'll do some best bets and discuss that. Seth, love you, brother. Good to hear from you. I'll talk soon. Uh, Pleasure as always. If you want to become a patron, support the cause, go to patreon.com slash reads ranch. Shout out to Marcos Garza. Shout out to Brad Richardson. Shout out to everybody. Subscribe to the new iTunes. Rank us five stars. Love you guys. Talk soon. Hughes to your rescue, Jimmy Pruitt, Tennessee, Vol, Beth-
about to test you Hey, we drinking volunteer vodka out the mason jar Hey, ranch gang, Knoxville, this a holy walk Rest in peace to Robert Neely, rest in peace to our opponents I get my tickets from a scalper out at Thompson Bowling Breeze Ranch, yeah, we got you fam, we got your back All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? All we wanna do is win the East, is that too much to ask? We bleeding orange till we die, R.I.P. to Reggie White Putting on for A65, kneeling stadium at night Volunteers are religion, this is what we believe in This is Breeze Ranch, trying to help you get through the season